evening, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else. This is Fudgy Frotage, and that track that we were just listening to is Dance to be Free, the Wayne Newman's mix, and that is going to be released on August 27th. Tonight, we are going to steer in a different direction from your regular House of Pride music, and we are going to go full speed ahead into a dark, deep tunnel of Drag King and OG San Francisco-inspired music. And we also have some special guests that we will be chatting with later. So first off, to kick off House of Fudge, I'd like to cue up a little song here that is one of my original numbers that some of you may have seen me perform here and there about the town. If you don't stop, you'll go blind. Grow hair on your palms. But look at my porn collection, it's the bomb. You're on a highway to hell, eternally damned. I'm a slave to my dick, so get used to it, ma'am. Mama told me not to come. Yeah. 
Oh, yes, that brings up memories of some crazy num number that included a dominatrix and uh, uh, a bottom. And uh, Folsom Street Fair is coming up, so who knows, that number could resurface at any time. So this evening, we are going to be bringing you some special guests, including Wang Newton from New York City and Wang TV. And then after that, none other than Klingon Vanna White, who is out of this world. So uh, if you have any questions that you would like to ask yours truly, Fudgy Frotage, please don't hesitate to phone in here at House of Fudge Radio. And I don't really seem to have the phone number handy, but I think that my technical assistant has it here, and he's pointing at something that I cannot see. But just tell me what the number is, and that would really be helpful. 415-550-0511. That's 550-0511. And I don't see the boards lighting up just yet. So what, what shall we talk about this evening? Let's see. In the world of Drag Kings, Drag King Star Trek is going to be coming up at the San Francisco Oasis on 11th Street, and that is happening later this month. Please go to oasissf.com for information for that. This evening, over at the White Horse in Oakland, we have the Rebel Kings bi-monthly show, and that starts later in the evening and goes until, oh, I would say 2 a.m., which is when bars do unfortunately close here and so let's see maybe we should i should play another tune one of my favorite songs from back in the day and that would be the punk rock phase this is by the bush tetras it's called too many creeps I, I do see that. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to do that right now because it's a little bit strange over here on the board. So I will just tell a story if uh, I could perhaps reminisce of um, uh, something that comes to mind. Back in the punk rock days here in San Francisco, we had the fantastic Mabuhay Gardens, and we, it featured many punk rock acts that I'm sure a lot of you who are listening who are vintage San, Francisco, San Franciscans have actually even performed there. The Ramones performed there. Blondie performed there. Even Nico performed there back in the day. 
And the Bush Tetras performed there, but they were from New York City. And we are rifling through our files trying to find one of their songs, but for some reason it is just sort of lost in space. And meanwhile, it's almost time to phone in to one of our special guests, and that would be Drag King Wang Newton. So before we phone into Wang, why don't we play a song that Wang has just recently released, the first mix of. It's a, um, a, it's a catchy little tune, and uh, let's, let's get that queued up and hit it, Mr. DJ. <laughs> How's it hanging? Hachi, baby. <laughs> Wang, tell Hi. us about tell us about your new your new release. Oh my gosh, the newest release! I'm releasing all the time. So what happened was, this is a very exciting dance track. It's the first of its kind. Um, I debuted it at the your show the 2019 San Francisco Drag King Contest. Yeah. It's produced by Chops, one of the original gangsters of uh, underground hip-hop from the 90s. And, yeah, I hope you're thinking it's number one. It's just a rough cut, okay? Just a rough cut. Well, we like it rough here at House of Fudge and House of Pride. (laughs) 
So what have you, what's going on tonight, Wang? Do you have a gig out there in NYC? I am in the NYC, but you know what, baby? I just come from California, San Francisco, San Diego, Los Angeles. From Pacific Rim? Oh, yes, the Pacific Rim. Uh, So very tired. This week I just catching up with my people. Yes, Wang was just out here for the 24th annual San Francisco Drag King Contest, which we just had on August 4th. He had this killer samurai costume, and he was working it real hard, and it was great. You had a Game of Thrones theme, which is like Game of Thrones, so Wang could not, you know, appropriating the medieval so I had to get medieval on your ass from samurai Asian style. And you did. And you looked fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. What's so now you have a, a big burlesque show coming up in uh, in um, Pennsylvania in somewhere, right? Tell us about that. Well, there's actually two back-to-back. So October 3rd through the 6th is Minneapolis Burlesque Festival. So I'm teaching a workshop there and hosting a show. And then the 10th through the 12th is the Milton Fringe Festival in central Pennsylvania. So both are have burlesque. The first one is all burlesque. And then the Milton one is, is very much um, fringe. It has drag. Cheddar Gorgeous will be there, Moby Dick, uh, Christine, oh my goodness, Phantom. And a lot of drag queens, Calamity Chang, a lot of drag queens, kings, and burlesque. Now, I heard that you were hanging out with Quentin Tarantino down in L.A. recently. Is is he going to put you in his next film? Uh, You know, everyone a little bit mad at Quentin for making Bruce Lee arrogant in his new film. But I think... People deserving a second chance. So you better putting the Wayne Newton in next film. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the thing with Tarantino's films is that they're not biographies. They're, they're fiction. So if he wants to make someone not really like they actually are, not that I've ever met Bruce Lee. Okay, but baby, he putting... Bruce Lee type in his film, he can put the Wang in the next one. Yeah, he That's could put easy. Wang in. Jayo, Jayo, Jayo. Now, he, who did he say that you looked like? Uh, Harry Styles. Harry Styles? Very much sexy. I, I'm hoping very much sexy hair. You do have sexy hair. Thanks, baby. And the Quentin carpets Tarantino match the drapes, I the assume, Wayne too. look like Harry Styles, y'all. You guys Harry. You could be Harry Styles. H-A-I-R-Y. Harry. Harry. Harry Wang. <laughs> you or can be Harry Wang. Wang. Yeah. I don't think there's a drag king using the name Harry Wang yet, but there but there could. It could be one of your little brothers or cousins. cousins. One of your drag I have sons. I bring all my cousins from Taiwan now. You know, Daisy Chang. The baby Wangs. So what kind of workshop will you be teaching? Uh, Very much likely how to be number one. How to be number one. 
that sounds mm-hmm. like a really good workshop. So can you give us like a few of the highlights or a brief outline of how to be number one? Well, you know, baby, when Wayne first started, it was very <clears throat> cha-ching, bing, 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 bing. Guess what, Fudgy? You are the winner. So this is the first time I was switching out of character. <clears throat> Hi, Fudgy. You're teaching out of character? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that you would be teaching out of I'm character. I'm going to be doing both. Well. I'm going to be doing a switch uh, from drag to myself or vice versa. And it's going to be sharing um, the journey of, of the Wang story, but also challenging people and uh, doing a little surprise guidance um, in this workshop. So you're going to be giving away some tips on how you, to become, how you wangify yourself, going from mm-hmm. g- getting that real butch, getting your butch on? Yep. So it'll be sharing with them like an illusion in front of their face, just the same way that they do it for burlesque. You know, so we all share that in common. And I'm just sharing my way of doing it. And so it's giving them permission to, to be their own selves or how great they are, too, and to acknowledge it, but yes. Good. Yeah, that sounds great. So, again, those two festivals, can you, um, can you repeat the dates for our listening audience? October, okay, so October 3rd to the 6th in Minneapolis and October 10th to 12th in Milton, Pennsylvania at Milton Fringe. Org, I think, or I could be wrong. But yeah, definitely it's very, um, you know, what's really cool about that is that there are two intimate spaces, but, you know, the creation, two intimate spaces in the sense that you could really meet artists one on one. You could really have a, like, a direct conversation with how they did it. Because I feel that my journey has been a little bit different than most um, drag kings. Well, do you want to talk a little bit about how you started? How how you started to become Wang? Sure. Okay. So uh, it was 2004 and Halloween time, and I had a good friend that lived in New York. I lived in Philly at the time, and he asked me. You know, not just me, but he's like kind of making a rule for his birthday party, uh, which was October 30th, and he said, "Okay, wear a wig and black clothing." Now, at that time, I was just working a day job and bored in my cubicle. Um, I recently came back from Berlin, staying in Berlin at that time. So it got a lot of influence, like artistically. And somehow my brain just kind of came together of, you know, what I already owned in black. So a wig and black clothing. And I bought a wig. I didn't want to spend much money. Um, threw on a mustache. And I just, somehow my my mind, because my last name's Wang, Quang, and it's just like, Wang Newton, like I'll just use this tuxedo that I have and this dildo. So I just threw that together, and people got so much reaction out of it. They just kept asking me to come back uh, to perform or show up at a party. Now you like, were oh, wearing the dildo inside your pants and not outside, correct? Oh, definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just clarifying so, that for our listening so audience. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You were packing, packing a big wing. Packing. 
<laughs> cool. So then you were a big hit at the party, and then you thought, wow, I should do this more often? It was a really strange, and strange in the sense that, like, that first time in my life, in my 20s, where the gut feeling was so freaking strong that I couldn't deny it. Like, it was pulling me forward, it felt like. It was just, um, you know, people complimenting it, and then by the time Christmas came and I got one more request, I was like, okay, y'all can pay me now. Because I, I have a, an established, I guess, people, group of people, followers, and stuff like that, because I was a club promoter at the time. So I had, like, my base built in. And, yeah, I just had these monthly parties at the posh lounge, um, Walnut, Walnut Lounge. The Walnut Lounge? The posh in Walnut Fil- Lounge? Uh, Walnut Room. Walnut Room in Philadelphia, yeah. Oh, in Philly, right, because you're originally from Philly. Yeah, that was back in 2005. So I did do a little bit of lip syncing in the beginning. I had, like, backup dancers and stuff like that, but... um Wang has developed, you know, over time. But I would say right away in late 2005, um, I got hired by Box Vodka, Red Bull, Camel Cigarettes. So I started, like, already leaping out, you know, um, beyond. This was, like, pre-RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, and you do a lot of gigs out of uh, outside of the country in... Asia, correct? Uh, yep, in Taiwan. I've been flown to Taiwan for Legends Magazine to do their pride, like to walk the pride with them and to do the after party. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a you know, burlesque uh, Philippines with Joyen. They're incredible. Um, she's a phenomenal um, fetish kind of burlesque dancer and aerialist um also went to europe with in amsterdam so i was with um like the old mystery land crew i met at a festival and then you also regularly appear at uh drag con and austin drag fest correct uh-huh <laughs> oh you know all the history well, I try to keep up on things, Wang. So, all, all studio audience, if you can't see Wang in Minnesota or Philadelphia or you missed him here in San Francisco, you can see him at Drag Kong. You can see him at Austin Drag Fest. That's coming up uh, in... Uh, no, I won't be at Austin Drag Fest. Um, well, that's I coming up soon, but con. I won't be... I don't. Yeah. I might be at that, but, but I don't... Yeah, follow the grams to stay abreast, if you will. You can always find Wang at wangnewton.com if you'd like to keep up on where Wang will be. Because Wang really gets around, don't you, Wang? Yes. Oh, such a privilege. Thank you for um, inviting me to this call, Fudgy. Well, it's always great to have Wang. We love yes, you baby. here in San Francisco, Wang. We do. Oh, that was, it was so amazing. Total Wang style. Like, a lot of the San Francisco drag kings um, took care of me, you know. It's just, like, really sweet of, of everyone there. 
it was such a good community feeling. So I really acknowledge you for building that up, you know, these past coming on 25 years. Yes, this next summer we'll be celebrating the 25th anniversary of the San Francisco Drag King Contest. We'll try to make, give as much advance notice as possible on the date so that everyone can fly in if from everywhere to be at SFDK 25. That, Wang, that I hope that we're, I'm planning on getting you back here somehow too, Wang. Well, imagine if all the drag kings had a destination spot, right? And gathered together and like, learned some shit from each other and gave some hugs and got out of behind the screens, i.e. your phone and computer, and we all met in person, how hot would that be? It would be hot. So Milton, Milton's gathering us for a whole Milton, Pennsylvania. Is that near Hershey, Pennsylvania, where there's that big um, vat of some, chocolate and a chocolate factory? Yeah, somewhere near there, for sure. It's not a big, it's, um, it's a small state. And your drag king contest as well, though, Fudgy, gotta say. Yeah, Philly has a drag king contest. And no, Moby Dick is originally so. from Philly. Yours. Yeah, I'm saying yours. Um, in San Francisco. So that's another opportunity every year. Yeah, that is one of the longer together. lasting drag king contests, too. I, I think it's almost running as, as long as the San Francisco one. I have heard of that one. And there's some really great colorful kings that I've seen coming out of that, um, just, you know, on the different Facebook groups. Yeah, shout out to the uh, drag kings from across the pond in the UK. They just, you know, represent We're the everywhere. World. They're out there. Yeah, We're baby. out there. We are kings. I have one thing to say. You better work, 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 work. All right, our technical wizard, Tweeka Turner, is getting is getting a, a little bit wound up and wants to spin a little music. And um, oh, baby, we're gonna. Hi, sugar. Thank you so much for joining us, Wang. Thank you, Fudgy. Take care, baby. You too. We'll see you soon. Should we play her song again? Sure. Let's hear it. I love that song. What's the title, honey? Hey, baby. Hey. Naturally. We're going to play it for the third time. This is a hot song, folks. It's a rough version, right? The rough, Fudging, the rough know, mix. The, but stay tuned because the, the, the mastered copy is coming out when? We don't really know yet. Don't you know, got it. We would like before, to keep you in suspense. Yeah. But I hope before October. It's going to be before October. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So thank you. It's going to be on hopefully iTunes, but we'll see. All right, Wang. Hit it, Tweeka. Let's see. You still with us, Wang? Tweeka's having some issues tonight with the board. Well, I think Wang is hung up. Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, I guess that while this is buffering, that I would like to say that we have some tickets to give away for two tickets for a Hornblower cruise. And this is a lovely cruise 
that cruises around in the San Francisco Bay. And if you give a call in at 415-550-0511 and you are the 10th caller, you could win this pair of tickets. Uh, Wang Newton's hit yes yeah yes yeah yeah baby and uh, next our special guest is none other than Klingon Vanna White and she is a famous spokesmodel we're going to play one of her her infomercials right now before we speak to her What is that smell? It smells like, uh, uh, like the hen house. Oh! <laughs> Merci! New from Klingon Vanna White's pantheon of products, Poulet Paris. The room scent that makes your whole house smell like a French chicken. One spray will have your lover scratching at the ground and pecking at your ankles. Oh! Oh! To learn more, go to chickenspray.us. Poulet Paris, another fine product from the Klingon Vanna White Pantheon of Products. Well, good evening, Klingon Vanna White, and how are you this fine evening? Greetings and salutations, Sergi Pertaz. I am doing quite well. Well, I, I am, am so glad to, to hear that. Besties. So tell us, what projects so, are you working on, Klingon Vanna White? Right now? I am, I don't know, well, I am always doing um, Speak Easily, 
That is our um, my podcast with Odessa Lil and my um, ex-husband, Shiki Davis Jr. And recently you performed an act called The Dueling Draculas at the San oh, Francisco yes, yes, Dragon yes. Contest. Yes, we did do the Dueling Draculas at the San Francisco Drag King Contest where, um, you know, there were several Draculas up for the 600-year, you know, contest, to win, you know, to be the winner of the best Dracula. But then Peter, um, Nosferatu-like Dracula, who came in, he's about 8,000 years old. He stole it from us at the last minute. And if our studio audience is interested in seeing that incredible act, because words mm-hmm. do not justify it, you must see it, you can go to YouTube at Drag King SF and uh, punch in Dueling Draculas. Or if you just go to YouTube and punch in Dueling Draculas, I think it'll <laughs> come right up. So uh, tell us, Klingon yes. Vanna White, uh, you, have, uh, you have some products that you were recently promoting as well at the San Francisco Dragon Contest, and that is your Klingon Vanna White's Ball Sack Balm. Yes, yes, it is Ball Sack Balm. It's um, equal parts of shea butter, um, cocoa butter, and, um, oh gosh, I'm going to have to go look it up now. Uh, beeswax. Like really good ingredient. Is there is there paraffin or beeswax in it? There is definitely beeswax in it, so that um, you know it's not a it's not vegan. Because you know everybody gets super crazy these days about all the products. People do like to know if their products contain GMOs or butter real butter or at least animal or crisco or whatever (laughs) and then you also make soap is that correct yes yes i was also making ball sack soap because i really care about the scrotum i really feel that that is something that people you know don't really you know think a lot about you know, it could get chapped or, you know, it's just, it's just something nice to have, you know, like a, a little bit of TLC. And you can also use these products on the rest of your body or on, you know, the ball sack balm is also good for your lips because, you know, it's going to get on there anyway. It, yes, that is true. And then what about Klingon Vanna White deodorant? Have you, are you going to branch out? into facial creams or other mm-hmm. kinds of beauty products, Klingon Vanna White mousse or Klingon Vanna White breakfast cereal? I mean, I, I definitely have a lot of Klingon Vanna White products. Um, this is part of um, the KVW um, pantheon of products. But um, I, ha- I haven't done any, like I've been making lotion. Um, well, so these are all, my, all the things that I've made so far. Basic, my, like a basic lotion, a ball sack balm, body butter, um, conditioner, like a hair conditioner, and also um, shampoo. But I'm not really super happy with the shampoo yet, and so I'm working on that. Um, it doesn't make your yeah, hair fall ball- out, does it? 
No, it doesn't. It just, you know, when you want these, like, my whole thing actually is starting to do and doing some of these um, formulations and stuff is that I really want to move away from plastic and using plastic and everything. And so if anybody wants to know my my recipes or whatever, I'll definitely share them. There's tons of recipes out there on, um, you know, out there in the world, though, for stuff like that. I'm going to take some classes at the end of the year for um, organic hair products. But I just am just really wanting to get away from um, using plastic and, and everything. And I'm, I'm kind of super obsessed with skin and hair care products. So, you know, every single one comes in a plastic bottle. So I've just decided, like, hey, I've got, I need to stop with this addiction to products and just make my own. And... And for the most part, except, you know, except for makeup, you really need good makeup for drag. Um, I've been able to get, make really good lotions and, are, you know, really great ball sack balm, really, you know, good soap. And, Does ball sack you know, balm work stuff. as a makeup remover? <laughs> um, I don't think so. It's, it's, um... It's basically shea butter, coconut oil, beeswax, and then um, peppermint oil, a little, you know, some essential oil in there. And I think if you were just rubbing peppermint oil, essential oil all in your eyes, it would be not not awesome. No, that does but not on your sound balls, pleasant. Nicely tingly. Nice, nice tingle to it, to your balls. Back. I don't, you know, as long as you're not allergic to stuff i mean it was kind of funny like uh, i gave a ton away at the you know for um so that people would donate to um to the charities at the show and yes pause and rocket dog rescue yeah i'm actually surprised by the amount of people that came back to me and told me that they put it on their ball they ran to the they they put it on their balls right there at the show, or they ran off into the bathroom and did it. Well, I found out the next day. So I don't oh, they all they balls during the show, but people, you know, people with balls did put it on their balls, and they said it was delightfully tingly. Well, that is a great recommendation for KVWs. Ball sack. Solve. Balm. Balm. <laughs> ball sack balm. It's ballsackbalm.com. <sighs> there are chickens. So I, hear, I heard in somebody the having like an like a orgasmic sound back there. There was a chicken in the in the um in the studio. Budgie passed some gas. <laughs> I heard that I'm not a, so Spunky made it very clear to me that I was not allowed to be obscene. And well, I was very, I, I, so that I was, is a rule I was, here, I, was, I, was, I believe. Oh, it's not? Oh. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know why there was one time when I came in as a co-host where I thought that I was told to keep it clean, but maybe I'm confusing this with another show since I do oh, so well, many no, of them. Oh, so I am. I am allowed to be a scene. So you can just let you can just relax and be yourself now. 
Oh, good. I mean, because I was afraid I would, you know, like, what if I drop an F-bomb or say the F-word or something like shit. And now it's okay. Yeah. Now it's just fine. We don't have to censor ourselves any longer. So would you, would you like to, um, would you like to tell us what inspired your, your po, po poulet infomercial? Oh, poulet puri. Poulet puri. So, so I, um, yeah, so like a lot of these commercials, uh, um, I, I write with um, my bodyguard, um, who's um, redneck Batman, my bodyguard, and he's the one that actually was, you know, does the voice work in that one too. And um, I was <laughs> very, very often I, I sit around and I think of, a, of crazy um, URLs. And then if they're, if they're open, I just buy them. And so, sadly, chickenspray.com was taken. So, but I did chickenspray.us, and then I thought, oh, it would be really funny to do a French commercial, but have it be .us. And, and then, then, do you I have Cloaca? Do you have Cloaca.com? Oh gosh, let's see if that's. A, I'm sure that's been taken. You think Cloaca.com is is taken. I wonder why. Oh, uh, if I, it's not, I'm going to take it right now. I'm going to look and see, because I would be curious <laughs> to see what what would be on a site like that. <laughs> it didn't come up. I mean, I'm not spelling it right. Is it C L O A C A? I think it's C L O Cloaca. C L O A. Oh wait, it's C L O A C A. I always thought it was spelled it's with a K. Cloaca. dot com. Cloaca. And then it says, "Did you mean Cloaca. dot net?" I guess there's a difference. Oh, Cloaca. dot net is bullshit. Well, I think <laughs> that it's for. I think that it's available for you, Klingon Vanna White. So. Now, no, I mean Chloe. I just, I just looked at it, and it was, um, it's been taken. That's Chloeka.com is taken. <laughs> okay, well now I'm now I'm curious to see what might be on Chloe. Uh, really, I'm not. I think it's not. It's, it's just park. It's coming up as a dictionary site. Well, that was the cloaca is a fascinating. It's a fascinating word for a multi-purpose or, orifice. Orifice, yes. A, it is a um, an aviary term. An avi- It is a term for birds. <laughs> and there's more chickens in the studio audience right now. That's so, all we have. Um, Nothing here but us chickens. I had a ton of websites, though. Today, um, well, I have, a, I have one called weirdallison.com that expired today. I decided I didn't want it. Weirdallison.com? Yeah. And it, you found it or you're buying it? No, I bought it a while ago and I'm just letting it, I'm letting it expire. 
But, you know, I own DickDuJour.com. Cholula is the one that made that name up. What, which one? Dick Dujour. Oh, Dick Dujour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her, her son actually made that up when he was like... Oh, it was her son? Okay. He was like no, yeah, right. 10 or 12 years old, and then we were like, well, that's a really great drag king name, Dick Dujour. And then I think someone used it one time for a show, because sometimes <clears throat> you, you just need a name for it. a particular show. Like there was one show recently at a dandy at the Oasis. That's Lee Crow and Ruby Vixen show, and Lori Bushman oh. came in and did a dick move performed as dick move and he sang a version of i left my heart in san francisco but he changed all the words to it and was singing about uh the current day san francisco dick move is also a good drag king name i think not as good as dick du jour well they're the same they're both good names there's dick van dyke that or Dick Van Dyke Bar, that people sometimes a name, sometimes different kings come up with similar names, and sometimes the names are just very unique. And I think there's a site where there was for a while there were people were registering their names. <clears throat> I guess just a way to document them. So maybe we should what? play Klingon Vanna White's one of another one of Klingon Vanna White's infomercials. And uh, stay with us, Klingon Vanna White, while we oh, I will, give the audience sure. a little bit more of your recorded delights. Well, this next one is is Goat Girls, I believe. And there's, again, there are some strange technical difficulties that are going on tonight in the studio. I think maybe the chickens have chewed through some of the wires. <laughs> I should have sent you my commercial. Or they've scratched through. Or I guess it's that. Here we go. Well, yes, yeah, so I guess we're not quite ready for this, but here we go. Hi. Are you looking for sexy girls with goat heads? We're waiting for you. Just go to goatgirlcams.com. Goat girls are standing by. The hottest goat girls are waiting for someone just like you. Don't be lonely tonight. Go to GoatGirlCams.com and come frolic in our pasture. Log on to GoatGirlCams.com now. We're waiting. Well, and that was GoatGirlCams.com. Now, is that site is is that site site still live? KVW. It says it can't oh, yeah, be reached. Yeah. Oh, it goes to speak easily. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah, see that everything directs totally to speak easily, which... No, it, it, it directs to a few different places. 
So it'll either go to Klingon Vanna White's site, Speak Easily, or Speak Easily Libsyn account, where, where our um, podcasts are up. We, um, I actually wanted to, I want to interview you for our, our podcast sometime too, but um, our last two um, people that we've interviewed, Cheeky Khan from um, Austin, and we've interviewed um, Disasterina from L.A., and I think we're going to interview some um, romance novelists that do really super interesting niche type of romance novel. What kind of romance novels? They do they do specifically biker romance novels. Oh, biker romance novels. Isn't that interesting that there's that we went to a convention because um, my bodyguard's um, friend from high school is actually now a romance novel writer, and there was a convention. It was just all writers that do romance novels for. Um, biker genre romance novels. Can't believe that that, that that exists, that it's kind of a funny and amazing. Yes, it is, because you don't really, you don't really get, it seems like it would be more in the pulp, in the pulp fiction style than it would be in romance novel style. Yeah. No, but it's all—it's all like you know, romance novels with bikers and then like sex, like sex scenes and stuff. I'm not sure how 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 down it, they get in the sex scenes, but <laughs> probably pretty. I don't know. That's the thing. It's well, a thing. we'll have to get a copy and read an excerpt at our next. Oh yeah. <laughs> at one of our next podcasts. <laughs> So, um, oh, I don't even know what I was just going to say. I was just looking at some of my other um, URLs. Pretty much I just buy URLs and point them at um, Speak Easily and then make up um, commercials for them. Well, I think that that is a fantastic way to spend time purchasing, creating strange URLs and purchasing them and then just rerouting them to your own yeah. site just to a, a new way to market to your to to grow your yeah. fans your fan base but I, speaking what was that Kittenpony.com. Kittenpony. I don't know what to do with that one yet. Kittenpony. Satan's pony. Kittenpony. <laughs> Wait, Satan, uh, Kay, like the, the sound in this studio is is kind of strange. Um, kitten. So you're saying K I T T E N P O N Y. No. S A T A N. Pony. S A T Oh Satan Pony. Yeah, Satan's pony. Say S A T A N or S E I T A N like the the edible wheat product. <laughs> Satan. Satan. S A T S A T A N S pony. 
Satan's oh. Pony. Yeah, I okay. thought that was a cute one. Now I've got it. Now I get you. Yeah, I, okay, Satan's Pony. And um, and for our studio audience, if you would like to hear more of Klingon Vanna White's infomercials or the fa- famous Klingon Vanna White Christmas album, if you go to YouTube and punch in Klingon Vanna White, there is a plethora of videos there for your listening and viewing pleasure. So we're just about wound, winding down on our hour of House of Fudge. So Klingon Vanna White, <laughs> I would like to thank you so much for joining me oh, thank you. on the first episode of House of Fudge. And uh, hopefully House of Pride will have me back here and we can have you back again as a guest. And we're going to sign off with a Bush Tetris song now that we were trying to queue up earlier in the evening, I think. If there are no further technical difficulties. And while I'm, while I'm signing off, I'd also like to say thank you again to Wayne Newton. And join us back next Wednesday at House of Pride Radio. And this is Fudgy Frotage with House of Fudge. And we're going to play Bush Tetra's Too Many Creeps.
I went from um, an abusive situation to being a runaway to living in foster homes to just already being hardened by life on the streets. The other girls that I personally know of that went, were coming from trailer parks that were having gun shootings, drugs. My mother was on drugs at the time and she couldn't provide for me and I was pretty much homeless. One child would be lured over, would be paid substantial sums of money, would be offered the further inducement of being paid a bounty for anybody else that she was able to bring to Epstein. A network developed where many young girls in the same kinds of circumstance wound up being victimized. Three of us slid into the backseat of the cab and we drove and I remember just driving down Okeechobee Boulevard and thinking how I had never been on Palm Beach Island before in my whole entire life that I had lived in West Palm Beach. By the time I was 16, I brought him up to 75 girls, all the ages of you know, 14, 15, 16, people going from 8th grade to 9th grade at just um, school parties is where I would recruit him from. All Jeffrey cared about was go find me more girls. His appetite was insatiable. He, he couldn't stop. He wanted new, fresh, young faces every single day. The sheer volume of girls, uh, the frequency, sometimes several or many in the same day, the age of the girls. In some cases, there were victims that didn't know each other, had never met each other, but they had a, basically the same story. I remember there was a staircase, and it was like, kind of like a spiral almost. And she brings us up the stairs and it was like spiral stairs. He walked into his bedroom around his bed to almost a, like a very little hall and then it was another door and that's where everything would happen, was in his bathroom. He would have a dresser and it was filled with like, the first drawer was lotion and then like the third drawer down was like sex toys. So you, we would take the massage table out and set it up in the middle of the room. And then he came in with his white towel on around him. And then he just laid down in his towel on his stomach and he was just talking to people on the phone. When he flip, flipped over, that's when he said, okay, you can go ahead and take off your shirt and pants, but you can stay in your underwear. He would want us to stand next to him and he would masturbate while he stared at us, touched us to pull his nipples and to play with them in between his fingers and also while I was playing with his nipples he kept doing that stuff to me but he was very aggressive like when he would do it and then he tried to put his finger in my underwear and I like jumped back and I went I pulled back and I was like whoa <laughs> and he's like no 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 it's okay it's okay I'm sorry I'm sorry I won't do that I won't do that and then he went back to doing that he's like just on the outside and I'm like oh my god it ended with sexual abuse and intercourse story of Jeffrey Epstein and <clears throat> we could go on and on and on the point here is Donald Trump's Secretary of Labor, Alex Acosta, was the quote-unquote prosecutor in this case. Epstein ended up with the lightest sentence ever given at to a, a child molester. Uh, he was a super pimp, is what he is. And uh, so listen to that. That's... Uh, Amy Goodman, 
and uh, Democracy Now. Jeffrey Epstein, the case of Jeffrey Epstein. The uh, Acosta, so Acosta now is uh, under indictment or under uh, examination by the Congress. Uh, he's been called before the Congress. We'll see what happens to him. <laughs> Mr. Trump was going to drain the swamp, huh? This is for Jeffrey Epstein and the girls that he exposed, the girls whose labor
Mal hombre. Let's listen to Jack Kerouac here, huh? About Charlie Parker. Charlie Parker looked like Buddha. Charlie Parker, who recently died laughing at a juggler on TV, after weeks of strain and sickness, was called the perfect musician. And his expression on his face was as calm, beautiful, and profound as the image of the Buddha represented in the East, the lidded eyes the expression that says, all is well. This was what Charlie Parker said when he played, all is well. He had the feeling of early in the morning, like a hermit's joy, or like the perfect cry of some wild gang at a jam session, wail, whop. Charlie burst his lungs to reach the speed of what the speedsters wanted, and what they wanted was his eternal slowdown. A great musician and a great creator of forms that ultimately find expression in mores and what have you. Musically as important as Beethoven, yet not regarded as such at all. A genteel conductor of string orchestras in front of which he stood proud and calm, like a leader of music in the great historic world night, and wailed his little saxophone, the alto, with piercing clear lament, in perfect tune and shining harmony, toot, as listeners reacted without showing it, and began talking, and soon the whole joint is rocking and talking, and everybody talking, Charlie Parker, whistling them on to the brink of eternity with his Irish St. Patrick patoodle stick. And like the holy miss, we blop and we plop in the waters of slaughter and white meat and die one after one in time. And how sweet a story it is when you hear Charlie Parker tell it, either on records or at sessions or at official bits and clubs, shots in the arm for the wallet, Gleefully, he whistled the perfect horn. Anyhow, it made no difference. Charlie Parker, forgive me. Forgive me for not answering your eyes. For not having made an indication of that which you can devise. Charlie Parker, pray for me. Pray for me and everybody. In the nirvanas of your brain where you hide indulgent and huge no longer charlie parker with a secret unsayable name that carries with it merit not to be measured from here to up down east or west charlie parker lay the bane off me and everybody
That was uh, Jack Kerouac with uh, Steve Allen playing piano in the background. And the subject was uh, Charlie Parker. Let's listen to Charlie Parker now. And that was Charlie Parker and uh, a combo. I don't know who was playing there that with him. With the uh, swing era ballad, All the Things You Are, made a hit by Helen Forrest. Charlie Parker, All the Things You Are. This year we're going to play some more jazz. We're going to play uh, classical jazz and uh, hopefully some modern jazz. Anyone who's got suggestions for music, 
songs that we play, music of social significance, uh, email me or put it on the uh, message board at mutinyradio.fm. This is the B, and we're going on with our labor news. want to mention another one. These are like pins. These are like posts. Shame at our own dependence on the underpaid labor of others. I mentioned this earlier, how people who are making low wages make our commodities cheaper for us. When someone works for less pay than she can live on, when she goes hungry so that you can eat more cheaply and conveniently, then she's made a great sacrifice for you. The working poor are the major philanthropists of our society. And that's a woman named Barbara Ehrenreich. And a book which... I want to read something about working. Barbara Ehrenreich was a well-to-do, a, a writer, a leftist, um, married to a labor leader who decided to go underground, in other words, become a worker, a low-wage worker, and she did. She, she worked as a low-wage worker and wrote this book, Nickel and Dime, about how we're being subsidized by uh, low-wage workers. And what about Janice? Okay, what has Janice had, you know, done to the labor movement so far? It's, it's going to have bad effects long-term unless um, union people can get together and figure something out, uh, bring suit about uh, free speech for the union. This is just an excuse to muzzle the union. That's all these things are. Okay, I mean, if we would go to federal workers, right? Federal workers are not supposed to unionize either. Certain things that they can then um, argue for and bargain for are excluded. Months after the Supreme Court's June 18th Janus versus AFSCME decision, Public sector unions are not teetering on the brink of collapse, as their detractors may have hoped. Uh, hoped. The consensus is that good preparations soften the initial blow. Anyone writing our obituary is going to be sorely disappointed. By the way, this is in these times, January 3rd, 2019. We don't believe we are going to be hurt nearly as badly as people thought by Janus. U.S. labor law requires unions to represent everyone in a bargaining unit, whether or not they opt to be official dues-paying union members. Prior to Janus, most states required those who opted out to pay for that, to pay for that representation through fair share, fair share fees. Added a percentage of dues. In one fell swoop, Janus eliminated fair share fees 
for public sector unions nationwide, allowing non-members to get all the benefits of the union without paying. So that's what it is. It's a free ride. <clears throat> what unions did was talk to their base, strengthen their base, and uh, have campaigns to let workers understand, you know, what the union does for them. Okay. So Janice didn't hurt nearly as bad, but this is something. I mean, union leaders, union activists, union members have to be proactive you need to go out and win more people and don't just don't just organize them you know so they're on some list you have unionize them unionize them okay the axe fell wasn't that bad U.S. Appeals Court nixes labor agency Obama-era joint employment test. Now, th this is something that's very important because under the franchise system, for a long time, people at the top of a franchise, say a McDonald's, were able to disassociate themselves from the labor practices of the franchise owners. In other words, they say, okay, we're McDonald's, you're a McDonald's franchise, but uh, we have nothing to do with how you treat workers. All we want is profit from you. All we want is money from you. So by paying that, that money, what, what did different franchise owners have to do? Well, they had to squeeze their workers. So they squeeze their workers or they or they overload workers, or they submit workers to bad job conditions. And the parent company, McDonald's, for example, can say, well, we have nothing to do with that. Those aren't our policies. The franchise owner has his own situation. Well, under Obama, the, the uh, National Labor Relations Board said, uh-uh, that's not true. You're the parent company. You're being paid money. You're making money off this. No, you have to be involved, and you have to be responsible for those labor, that labor situation. Well, now, the Trump era in LRB uh, has removed that. So now you can get away with just being uh, a franchise owner and telling everybody uh, you don't know anything about the uh, labor situation and you're not responsible for it. And one more. Here's labor notes. How Four Roses bourbon strikers fought off two-tier. Four Roses bourbon. Probably people out there are familiar with that. Workers at the Four Roses Bourbon Distillery and Bottling Plant chose their moment as well. 
Just as their industry was preparing to welcome thousands of visitors for September's Kentucky Bourbon Festival, they walked out on strike in defense of workers they hadn't even met yet. There's a family company, said Matt Stone, a leader in food and commercial workers, local 10D. Grandfathers, fathers, sons all work here for generations. And my family may be working here one day. We want to take care of the next guy. With few resources at their disposal, these 50 workers in rural Kentucky stared down the Japanese conglomerate Kim Br Kin Bru Kirin Brewery, which owns Four Roses and One. See, the American owners of these companies have long since cashed in and sold out, in some cases, to foreign countries. Where's the hue and cry about that? Why does a Japanese country company own Four Roses? How did that happen? Might be good, might be bad, but how did it happen? The dispute was over two-tier contract proposal that would have given worse benefits to new hires. One fact Four Roses hadn't counted on was that many of its employees had friends who worked at the nearby Jim Beam distillery. Two years ago, Jim Beam workers struck over a similar issue and forced their employer to back off. Four Roses workers spent nearly two weeks walking the picket lines near the distillery in Lawrenceburg and outside the bottling and warehouse faculty in Cox's Creek. Tennessee, maybe? I think we're talking about Tennessee. The workers are located, represented by UFCW locals 10D and 23D and the National Conference of Firemen and Oilers, SEIU. When they returned to the bargaining table with the assistance of a federal mediator, they worked in, they, within hours, they had a tentative agreement. And in the words of local attendee President Jeff Royalty, there is no two-tier in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Precisely what caused the company to back down remains somewhat of a mystery even to the workers involved. What is clear is that their public campaign direct outreach to would-be customers, support from the local community, solidarity from other unions, and outreach to the media help turn the tide. It's on Labor Notes. Okay. Now, what's, this is from Labor Start, and this is... Just lost it. It's from Labor Start, and it's uh, about the people at the airport, those people who uh, stop you and pass the sensor over you and uh, tell you what to take on and put off, <laughs> take off and put on at the airport, <clears throat> the TSA agents. Two weeks into the shutdown, Mr. Trump is going around bragging how he's getting all this, all this uh, support. People are calling him 
and uh, federal workers are calling him and telling him that uh, they want him to hold tough. They don't mind going without money. He's not going without money. <laughs> and they don't mind going without money. Donald Trump recently suggested that he has the upper hand in government shutdown fight because most of the people not getting paid are Democrats. In other words, these are people who are against his wall. And now they're the ones who aren't getting paid, so he's kind of happy to withhold pay from them, huh? By this, the president meant that his party depends less on the support of federal workers than Chuck Schumer's does, and that Democrats will therefore have a harder time standing their ground during a prolonged shutdown than he will. Beyond the moral odiousness of this position, there was one strategic flaw in Trump's reasoning. Precisely because they're aligned with the Democratic Party, public sector unions are likely to be more willing to engage in work stoppages under a GOP president than might be under a pro-labor one. Two weeks into the shutdown, formal labor militancy, formal labor militancy has yet to materialize. But an informal pseudo-strike is already taking shape. Transportation Security Administration agents are legally obligated to work through the shutdown, even though their pay has been frozen. For TSA agents who survive paycheck to paycheck, that just stopped being workable. As the shutdown approaches in its third week, hundreds of agents have begun calling in sick, reported by CNN. So, Four Roses played some Charlie Parker. The Axe Fell. That's the Labor Beat. Let's have one more. As Trump holds firm on shutdown, he never mentions one group, federal employees. He has talked about the need for protection along the country's southern border. He said he's willing to keep the government shut down indefinitely to ensure the funding of the wall, he says, will provide that protection. And he has complained about spending the holidays alone in the White House with no one around with whom he can negotiate. The one thing President Trump has not talked about publicly during 13 days of partial government shutdown is the 800,000, 800,000, everybody, federal workers who are not being paid because of it. Mr. Trump's apparent indifference to the TSA agents, correctional officers, science scientists, and other federal employees caught in the crosshairs of a political standoff presents a remarkable contrast with how other presidents have made a point of trying to demonstrate their empathy during other shutdowns. In the 2013, for instance, President Barack Obama opened an op 
wrote an open letter to the workers affected when the government was closed. None of this is fair to you, he wrote, adding, you and your families remain at the front of my mind. Even Ronald Reagan acknowledged during the 1981 shutdown the temporary hardship it caused for government workers. Mr. Trump has not even publicly recognized that. And what do we expect? What do we expect? So let's see. Uh, let's let's play some music. And get my iTunes here. Okay, uh, let's see. We've got perfect Indian fire on. I'm looking for something. Uh, how about this one? We played this a lot before. First time in the new year, and it's a damn good one to remember. Linda Tillery and cultural heritage. Right. Don't let nobody. Strange to you, I might preach the gospel. 
Someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. You don't have a seat at the table where you work, that is, the negotiating table. You're on the menu. And 
never, never let anyone into your heart who's not a friend of labor. I say labor, I mean you. Hi, everybody. Remember, when I say labor, I mean you, where the labor meets the road. Hi, everybody. Vita. Clifton House, and all of you who work for a living, have a good week and good work. This is the B signing off. See you next week. swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. burger mutiny radio thinks you'll find the best burger in san francisco at counteroffer located inside bender's bar and grill counteroffer's menu aims to please your drunk face tater tots are served daily on tuesday nights counteroffer serves specials off the taco bell menu only better you can enjoy your favorite taco bell item without the guilt counteroffer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit special ingredients are made from scratch daily including beans ketchup mustard habanero sauce and ranch dressing 
Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't. <laughs> know anything about it sorry all on my limited view yes every tuesday from 12 to 2 uh oh you can if you can also find us on apple Podcasts. oh yeah and google play and stitcher itunes oh you already said that tune in radio uh stitcher you said that spotify oh my god there's just so many and overcast um yes you can also find us on social media m as in mary l as in larry p as in peter podcast mov podcast is our handle until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. 
And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joe 